Hey, we are in this uh, series called All the Feels, and uh, Shane's been talking to us pretty strongly these last few weeks, uh, you know, uh, about these, these feelings and such. And, and um, one of the things he, he talked about is how uh, there's, there's kind of different ways. We're wanting to approach this from a different perspective because in the world, you know, our world runs with feelings, right? Everything is about feelings, right? And to, to the, to the uh, nth degree, you know, kind of thing. And, and, uh, and then, then honestly, sometimes in, in religion, uh, people get really kind of trapped in this idea that, that you know, as a... As a uh, follower of Jesus, like, I can never have any kind of negative emotion. And so we almost deny, you know, our feelings, right, kind of thing. And, and yet, when we, when we approach it from a gospel perspective, from the scriptures, we recognize that, that, that there's something so valuable we see throughout, uh, and that is how to pray our feelings, right? That gives us a different perspective on life, right, that, that, that acknowledges that these feelings are real, right, something has, has, you know, stirred these feelings up, and yet at the same time, uh, there is hope in the midst of these different sorts of feelings because we can pray these feelings, we can, we can talk to God about this. Now, today we're talking uh, about anger, okay, and uh, I don't want to sell you out, but uh, if, you've, uh, if you've struggled with anger before in your life, raise your hand. Okay, so most of you probably just told the truth. Some of you totally withheld uh, information, right? So we're gonna do this different, all right? Now I want you to point at the person. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, that would be awkward, right? Uh, how many fingers would be pointed at you? You're right, you know, uh, kind of thing. Anger is an interesting thing. Matter of fact, I found this definition of anger that really helped me to kind of take a step back because I think sometimes we, we, we really think of anger more in the realm of simple outbursts, right, of this angry outburst perspective. And yet, this definition, it's on your outline, it'll be up on the screens, it says this, that anger is the emotional response that we have to an external or internal event perceived as a threat, a violation, or an injustice. It, it, it kind of allowed me to take a step back and, and recognize that, that anger kind of comes in, in almost different forms, like different things stir this idea of anger up in me. Now, so often we think of anger and we immediately think of outbursts. We think of, of you know, uh, road rage, right, you know, kind of thing. We think of uh, responses that we see uh, in, in our world today, you know, to people. I, I just unfortunately saw a news clip this morning that there was a, a, a big shooting in Sacramento. Six people died this morning. Ten people are hospitalized just this morning. And I, and I promise you there's some sort of anger attached uh, to, to what took place in that. And yet we understand too that the Bible speaks very clearly about anger. We, we see in, in, in Ephesians chapter four and verse 26, the Bible actually says be angry, but what? But do not sin. Right, and so we, we recognize somehow that anger happens. Anger can be a thing, but there's a way to handle it that doesn't create a sin picture, right? That outburst uh, idea, right, kind of thing. Have you ever said before, somebody said to you, well, why are you angry? And, and your response is, I'm not angry, right? Has anybody ever said that? I'm not angry. And then they said, oh, you're angry, right? And then you said, I'm not angry, but you're making me angry, right? 
right? Isn't that crazy? Right, that, that literally people have the ability just to say words to us that somehow send us into a different uh, sphere of, of feelings, right? Uh, you know, kind of thing. So in this whole thing, Jesus in Mark chapter three, I thought this was an interesting uh, perspective. He's, he's talking to the Pharisees, or looking at the Pharisees, they're, they're, they're hounding him because it's the Sabbath, and uh, there's a man with a, what the scriptures talk about, a shriveled hand, right? And Jesus is gonna heal this man, and the Pharisees are just standing back. The religious people are standing back, staring at him. They're, they're waiting for him to work on the Sabbath, so that they can accuse him of doing wrong, right? And it says this in Mark chapter three. It says, Jesus looked around at them with anger. It says he looked at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And then, if you'll go back and read on your own, man, oh my gosh, fireworks took place, right? Because these religious leaders, you know, were so upset. But I had to pause this week and kind of think for a second. I wonder what that look looked like. Like, does everybody remember, like, a parent or a teacher looking at them and you can tell they're angry, right? Right? Like, there's that look. Right? There's that look of, like, there, there's the look from my mom that thought, that that, that, that look said, oh, my gosh. Right? <laughs> Just wait till your dad responds, Right? Right? There was that look from mom, and then that look from dad that said, oh my gosh, you are in big, big trouble, you know, kind of thing. As you heard that sound of the belt being yanked out of the belt loops, right? Uh, kind of thing. Uh, you got to raise your hand if you remember that sound, right? Yeah. I know, I know, but we don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, anyway, uh, naughty, naughty. So anyway, some of you are old enough, you're like, yeah, my dad used to tell me to go get my own, you know, uh, branch off the tree, you know. Okay, 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 my gosh, you know. You walk uh, uphill barefooted in the snow to school too. I get it, I get it, you know. You're angry still, but anyway. Uh, can, I, can I just share with you just for a couple minutes, there's, there's some simple ways that we see that are, that are easy for us to kind of recognize in this, in this picture of, of anger, of how people ultimately express, and you can write this on your outline. The first one is the maniac, right? They're the easiest one to recognize. They're the maniac, right? They go crazy, right? They're, they're expressive, they explode, they're, they're a walking time bomb, Right? And what I didn't do was I didn't leave like space for you to write people's names down in those things. You don't want to do that, okay? You don't, you don't want to name names on your outline, uh, you know, kind of thing. But, but, uh, but you know, it's funny because I, I had this thought, and so I, I did a Google search for images, and, and, and you know there was not one image that popped up on Google that was a positive image of a maniac, okay? Like there just wasn't, okay? And, and we can see in Scripture, uh, uh, Cain was a great example of, of, of this, right? This, this person who explodes. Uh, Cain and Abel, you know, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, mom, dad, all that. And, and, uh, and Cain, Cain's offering, Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's offering wasn't. Cain was upset, Genesis chapter four. But it says this in verse five, but on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very what? angry, he, and his face was downcast. And in verse eight, it says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel, and he killed him, right? We, we, we understand, like, this is, this is nuts. 
And yet, we see this play out even in our world today, this maniac, right? The second one you can write down is, is the mute, right? This is the person who, who's really, they're so angry, they're unable to speak, right? They don't get violent, they, they get silent, all right, you know? And, and, and it's an internalized kind of thing. As a matter of fact, the mute often doesn't admit it. I'm, I'm not angry. No, you're angry. I'm not angry. You're angry, you know, kind of thing, right? We hold it in. As a matter of fact, the mute is like, it's like the crock pot, right? Right? That slow cooker, right? It's just, it's all happening, right? But you just don't necessarily see it, right? And, uh, and we see Jeremiah was that in, 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 in Jeremiah chapter 15, where, where literally, uh, it's just in this internalized uh, comment, this held-in anger, right, where he's saying, I never sat in the company of revelers. I never made merry with them. I sat alone, right, which is, which is often a mute, right? I, I sat alone uh, because your hand was, uh, was on me and you had filled me with indignation. And then he, this, is, this is a classic mute here. Why is my pain unending so focused on, on what is happening and the hurt, right? Why is my pain unending and my, my wound grievous and incurable, right? And, and so sometimes we recognize, like, sometimes, like, this person maybe isn't a maniac, but, uh, but there's a lot of unhealth that goes along with that. And then there's the martyr. There's the martyr. You can write that down. They're the ones who internalize right, their feelings, uh, you know, their pity party, if you will, right, they're, they're passive, they, they punish themselves, it's all my fault, right, kind of thing, and, um, and, and they kind of, you know, they're, 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 they pout, uh, if you will, you know, and, um, and if you remember the prodigal son who, who had asked his dad for his inheritance early, and uh, then he went out and squandered it all, right, gambled it away and got jumped and beat up and left naked and, and everything else. And, and, uh, and, and the Bible says that when he came home, his dad saw him afar off and he ran out and celebrated the return of his prodigal son. But uh, what's mentioned in the story but not talked a lot about is, is the older brother. You see, the older brother hadn't done stupid things like this. The older brother had handled life. He had, he had been a good brother. He'd been a good son, right, kind of thing. And, and, he, and he, he what? He, he was angry. He was upset. Uh, and, and so he, he, you know, dad said, hey, go get the fattened calf and we're gonna party and we're gonna celebrate. And it says in Luke 15, it says the older brother became angry and refused to go into the party, right? He refused to go into the party. So what happened is his dad went out and, uh, and pleaded with him to ultimately come in uh, kind of thing, right? And then the last one here is, is the manipulator. And uh, the manipulator loves to repay. They're subtle, Right? Uh, kind of thing. Uh, they're sarcastic. Uh, they sabotage, uh, you know, kind of thing. Um, th- th- when, when, when confronted, right, the manipulator is, is often the person saying, can't you take a joke, right, you know, kind of thing. So very expressive, but at the same time, not willing to admit, uh, you know, fault in anything. As a matter of fact, uh, religious people are really good at this, right, because they wrap it up in, in the name of Jesus, right, kind of thing. And, uh, and so somehow that, uh, that, that, that's an interesting perspective. But in Luke 6, once again, the Pharisees, these religious people, it says that the Pharisees and teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another, right, to plot with one another what they might do to Jesus, Right, so we can see that. We can see these different, these different ideas of, of how people express anger. The, the Bible also tells us there's a cost to anger, right? And you'll see these on your outline. We'll just hit these really quick because we really need to tackle this, this psalm today. But, uh, but you'll see on your outline that it, it causes arguments. Anger causes arguments, right? 
Uh, you know, a hot-tempered person, it says in Proverbs 15, stirs up conflict, but the one who's patient calms a quarrel. Number two, you can write it down that it causes mistakes, right, and, and, and mishaps, uh, you know, without a doubt. And, and why? Because, because we get so wrapped up in, in our emotion and our anger, right, uh, that we're not paying attention to what actually matters most, because we're wrapped up so much in, 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 these, uh, in these other feelings, right? And then the third thing you can write down is that it causes foolish things, right? It causes foolish things. Uh, a quick-tempered person does foolish things, it says in Proverbs 14. The, the one who devises evil schemes is, is hated. As a matter of fact, just this past week, you probably saw uh, the, what's become an infamous slap of a face. And... Uh, and can I just say, regardless of what side you find yourself on, can I just say that was foolishness, right? On, uh, on, on all sides. And this is, this is what we deal with, right? Uh, you know, kind of thing in, 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 our, in our world today. Now, I wanna, I wanna tackle, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, rush through a little bit some of that because we get that. That's the easier part of, of anger, we understand, uh, you know, to some degree, right, that, that outbursts is wrong and, and hurting other people we get is wrong, although for some of us that might be very much where we live. We might be hiding it, and I pray today that the Holy Spirit will help your heart to open up, right? And if that means breaking your heart, that's great. But whatever it takes, man, for you to, to, to relinquish that, that control that anger has on you, that, that, that these circumstances, when we go back to that, that uh, definition from earlier, like yes, there are both internal and external things that happen in our lives that create a feeling. But, but how are we gonna handle that feeling is, is the critical part. Right, And so while most of us probably have been guilty at some point of, of dealing with anger in very inappropriate ways, we wanna, pers- we wanna gain a perspective today of, of how to handle anger and how to, how to pray our anger uh, in all of this. And so this, this psalm in, in, uh, in Psalm 137, I, I, you, you heard it read earlier, and if you, if you listened, uh, you probably were left with more... Um, I don't know, a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth to some degree because this psalm isn't uh, just some psalm of victory, right? This, this psalm is a, is a psalm of despair. Uh, it's, a dis, it's a psalm of, of hurt and, and grieving. Uh, it, it's, it, to be quite frank, during the week I kept processing my head like this is an ugly psalm because these are raw emotions. These are people that have been uh, uh, held in captivity, taken from their homeland, held in ca- captivity for years, right? Um, uh, forced and made to, to become and be people that, they, that they, they weren't and they weren't created to be, right, kind of thing. And so when the Babylonians took them into captivity, right, uh, they, they, they did this and this was angry and this was ugly and, and all of this. And, and so this psalmist who's in, in, in captivity is writing this saying, you know, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion or, or Jerusalem, right? We remembered our homeland, right? We remembered how things used to be. Uh, and, and it says that there on the poplars, uh, we, we hung our harps, right? The, the trees, right? Uh, for, for our captors ask us for songs. Our, our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They, they said, sing us uh, one of the songs of Zion, uh, you know, almost like that mockery idea, right? You can see that in there, where, where they're hurt, right? You've, you've taken everything from us, 
and yet you're, you're asking us to sing songs. You're, you're mocking us to, to ask us where that hope uh, lied that, that lies in us that, that we, we knew of you in the past, right? And, and, and so it says this, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? And, and if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill and may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. And it says, if I do not remember you, uh, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And then he says in verse seven, it says this, remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Let me just pause and say, these were neighbors to Jerusalem. These were ridiculously horrible people too, right? These were people who said what? You'll see it right here. They said, tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations, right? And so here's this psalmist is, is reliving, right, in this moment. Have you ever stirred up old emotions, old feelings? You ever done that before, right? And what's happening is you're stirring this up. Right, you're recalling, you're thinking back. You're still trapped in this. You, you feel trapped at least. And, and, and so, so you're rethinking, you're rehashing those ugly things that were spoken to you. You're rehashing those things that were done to you, a way that somebody treated you or something that happened that somebody did that had this ridiculously horrible uh, you know, effect on your life. Right? And, and, and you're rehashing this and, and you're thinking through this and, and, and this is, these are your feelings. These are, these are raw, raw emotions and feelings. And he says in verse seven, remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day of Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundation. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction. Listen to what it says. Happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us. Literally goes on in verse nine, and this is, sounds so incredibly harsh. He says, he who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Wow, right? And if this was part of your daily reading quiet time on your one year through the Bible, you went, hmm, right? Uh, I don't know what to say, right? Because it's crazy, it's, it's ugly, it's harsh, and yet when we, when, when we read something like that, sometimes we have these thoughts of like, well, why is that in the Bible? What, what's that got to do with anything? Why would something so ugly be written down? And yet that's exactly what the Psalms are. This is my heart. This is what's happening. There are those of you even today, man, that, that you're, you're living in, in, in a difficult time. There's seemingly more despair than it, there's hope. And, and, and you might have drugged yourself here today. And, and, and now we read this? Really? And I just want to tell you, man, there, there, there's, there is hope in all of this. What, what, I, what, I, what I'm amazed is I read through this and I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, could I have got a different topic, Right? Could, could I, could, you know, do I have to read this psalm, man? Like, good grief, right? And yet the processing and the reading and, and, and studying and praying and, 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 uh, and all, and it's like, it's this amazing idea that, that we understand the heartache. We're talking about anger. Or we're talking about be angry and don't sin, Right? We're, 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 trying to, we're trying to figure out a, 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 a balance here, right? 
that, 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 is, that is godly and healthy, uh, you know, in all of this. When, when, when we read in chapter, I mean, in verse four, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? I, I, I wrote down that this answer suggests compliance was inappropriate, right? It was inappropriate because they, they were in mourning, they were in grief. How are you asking us in this time to sing songs? You're our captors. You're the ones who have done wrong to us. And now you're asking us to sing such a heavy, heavy moment. There's a few things that I think are important in this psalm that I think we can kind of process and, and, and help us understand. The first thing, you can write it down in your outline, is that what we see here is the, the psalmist owns his anger. He owns it by recognizing it. We, 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 we can't just ignore the feeling of anger. Like ignoring it, not acknowledging it doesn't fix anything, right? Like to be quite frank, and I mean, in, in, in our lives, if, if there are anger, angry outbursts or, or there are actions that happen out of anger, there's, there's a whole process of, of, of uh, you know, forgiveness that needs to take, take place, Right, I mean, you know, uh, like that's, that's the realness and sometimes we just wanna act like, okay, if I act like I didn't scream and yell, everything will be okay, right? Isn't that it? Right, so, so if my dad came home angry, grumpy from work, I shouldn't say angry, if he came home tired from work, as a young child, often I, I, I would equate that to he was mad, right? But he headed to work at 5 a.m., he's coming home at 4.30 in the afternoon, he's tired, right? Probably hasn't been the most uh, godly, uplifting day, per se, right? Uh, you know, kind of thing, right? And, and so what? So dad doesn't respond exactly the way I think, and it's like, oh my gosh, I wanna avoid that. You have friends in the office that they immediately jump and into the critical. You have people that won't let go of the politics of the world today. And they're angry about it. And it's like, I don't even like being around them, right? You know, kind of thing. And, and so there, there's just illustration after illustration of, of where it is we might find ourselves. But in this particular moment, this psalmist is, is acknowledging, man, I'm sitting by this river and this river represents home because somewhere back down this river was home. You get that? Now all of a sudden, man, there's a homesick brokenness in us. That's, this has been taken from us. And, and, and in this whole process, he begins to lay out the evidence of, of really what, it, what his anger is stirred from. Right? And he's saying, man, I'm sitting here by this river and, 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 and we're, we've hung our harps up, man. We don't feel like playing. We don't feel like singing. Like we're down. We're beaten down. This is ugly. Like people hate us, you know, kind of thing. We don't understand. We're being mocked in this whole process. And then he begins, you know, to, 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 to uh, lay out like, like this, is, this is the why. Right? And, and, and he's writing this 
this psalm. And, and it sounds, sounds crazy and it sounds horrible and all these sorts of things, but, but in the process of owning his anger, what we're finding in this is maybe some peace. And so he says this. He proposes, he proposes this idea of, uh, you know, of, of this is what I think, right? This is where we are, and now this is what I think. How can we sing these songs? And if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill, right? And he's referencing, right, the music, right? Music with our hands and with our, with our voices, our tongue, and, and all of this. But then he goes into this mode of like, God, can you remember what the Edomites did too? Not just the Babylonians, right? But these other guys too? Can I, can I tell you there's, there's, there's some health in having a conversation with God about the way you're, you're feeling? Right? It's okay to express like I'm hurt. Remember what this person did? Because this is a conversation with God. This, this is us talking with God and, and, and recognizing that I am angry, I am frustrated, I am hurt, I am grieving. And all those things together are heavy. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but unless you, you're really in, involved with, with people of God and, and you know, involved in life groups and, 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 and studying the scriptures with others and things, but, but there's a lot of this world that isn't super uplifting. Can we agree? And so this is why God says my church is so critical for your life. This is why involvement is so, so critical for your life because this is where we find, this is, this is some of the place that we can, we can express our hurts right, kind of thing, not to be a broken record, but to ultimately find healing in the process, right, to find hope uh, in, in, in the process. And so not only does he own his anger, but you can write this down too, is, is that he begins to pray his anger, as, as we've seen in these different Psalms. He begins to pray his anger. How does he do that? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, right, God, what about these Edomites, right? He says, they did all these horrible things and, 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 and may the daughters of Babylon doomed to destruction, right? He begins to pray these things. And what is he praying? He's ultimately praying that Old Testament idea of an eye for an eye, right? He's ultimately, he's ultimately praying like, like, I want this to be taken care of the way they, they handled us. And that's ugly, right? That, and that's ugly. And when we get that, that that's not our call, we get that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and, 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 and all. But in this process, this is what he's praying. And that's okay, because he's praying this, and it's okay to express these things to God. And so in this whole process, what's he doing? He's not only uh, owning his anger and now praying his anger, but, but he's literally leaving this up to God. He, he's praying this and saying, what? Now, God, I've put this before you. Now, God, I want you to handle this. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna carry this anymore. I can't carry this anger. But what we don't see here is this, this psalmist lashing out and saying, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna come for you. I'm gonna cut your throat, you know? We don't, we don't hear that. What's he saying? Oh, God, remember what these guys did too? Remember, remember what they did, right? Remember how this took place, right? And, and it's just interesting perspective. It's this, this call for a, for a dis, uh, destruction of this entire nation. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about dashing these babies' heads on rocks. He's really asking God to destroy this entire nation that has done so much hurt and harm. 
to the people of God. And he's praying this. He's not acting out on it. So not only does he own his anger and, and ultimately pray his anger, but he ultimately limits his anger. You can write that down. And, and he limits his anger. And he, this is why this is so, so important. You say, well, how, how does he limit it? Well, first and foremost, he's not trying to take, uh, uh, you know, take his own actions, right? He's not on his own trying to go and, and fix all of these things, right? If this was a modern movie, there'd be somebody in the group who's going to what? Who's going to save everybody and they're going to be the hero, Right? And they're going to take, uh, you know, action into their own hands and, and get after it. But, but he, he limits his anger in that he limits it to his prayer, to his conversation with God. And then leaves it. You know, there's something to be said about having a conversation with God and then leaving it. Right? And that's the beauty of this. That's what I think that we see here. Something so powerful is that as, as, as he, he limits his anger in this whole thing, he limits it by calling on God. I mean, literally the God of, uh, you know, the number one person in the universe with, with power to judge. That's God. The number one person in the universe with the knowledge to judge. That's God. And the number one, number one uh, person in the universe with the right to judge. That's God. And then what? I've laid it at his feet. Now, now what happens is we've got to change our perspective. I've laid the heaviness at his feet. Now, I, there's got to be a change in the way that I act. There's got to be a change. And, and, and I want to propose to you this, this last point. The band's going to come out and we're going to sing a song together that's so, so powerful. But it carries this idea, and you can write this in on, on your outline, that how do we change? How do we make that? We've laid it at his feet. Now what do we do different is that we've got to remember that we've got reason to praise God. Right, we've still got a reason to praise. Even in the midst of yuck, even in the midst of ugly, even in the midst, listen, I just prayed and I just talked to the greatest God of this universe, right? The one true and living God, the one who ultimately sent his son to die for me so that I can have life. He loves me so much he made a way possible for me to have life and to communicate to him. And now I just took advantage of that by praying to him and sharing my heart and sharing the ugliness and saying, God, you do you, but I've still got reason to praise you, right? I've still got something that matters different. Some of these words you're gonna sing says, says this. It says, when I'm out of faith, you're still faithful. Look at your outline, it says it there. I love that. When, when, when I'm at my worst, God, you're still good. Like we've got reason to praise. And so have that conversation with God, right? Like lay those heavy things at his feet and then turn and praise God. And thank him, right? Here's the reality. There, there's not a single one of us that will ever be free of anger in our lives, ever, without a relationship with God, number one. And so I pray even as we sing this song today that maybe, maybe there's some of you sitting here today that realizes you need help with this area of life. You need help in dealing with things. You need the God who's there to listen, 
the God who will take those feelings and he will do something with them because he is the one who's right. He's the one who's correct. He's the one who has that ability. He can make changes that I can never make. But the one thing that I can do, right, is praise him. So Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings as we celebrate and sing today because we love you and you're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.